Welcome to Horsepower to Hyperloops, Kettering University's official podcast, where we serve up a smorgasbord of fascinating people, groundbreaking ideas, and noteworthy advancements in fields as diverse as mobility, healthcare, engineering, and technology. The future is here, it's just distributed unequally. That's the big question right now, is the robo-taxi is going to get cheaper before the passenger car programs are going to get more sophisticated? Who's going to get to that apex first? This is Tim Troop Noonan, and you are In The Mix, where we talk with Kettering University's newsmakers and innovators. And that was Kassar Yonis, Kettering class of 2004, and currently founder and CEO of Applied Intuition, a Silicon Valley-based supplier of software to the rapidly developing autonomous vehicle industry. We spoke recently about the industry and the future of self-driving cars, robo-taxis, and other futuristic visions. Jonas, who describes himself as a rehabilitated mechanical engineer who has moved into software, began by telling me about applied intuition. We are a simulation and infrastructure company or a software company that provides tools that engineers use to develop self-driving systems. So that's from the level two systems and the SA nomenclature, the level two systems, all the way up to the level four and five systems and everything in between, both in the automotive realms, but also in adjacent realms like agriculture and mining and defense, et cetera. That's me and that's the company. Tell us a little bit about when we think of the AV industry, people tend to think of self-driving cars. But as you just implied, there's a whole lot more to it than that and a whole lot more places for your products to go. So tell me a little bit about the scope of the industry. Yeah, I think generally speaking, when you talk about self-driving cars, people think about generally the world of Waymo, the Google self-driving car project, and then companies like Waymo. So you have Cruise and you have Zooks and a number of companies like that. But actually, their autonomy is a much broader field. You know, in terms of the race to commercialization, probably self-driving trucks is going to be one of the true first early mass consumed fully autonomous system. But you can also think about autonomy as the level two systems and two plus systems. So the Tesla autopilot, GM Super Cruise, Volvo has pilot assist, Nissan's called ProPilot. There's a long list, Toyota, Honda, BMW, everybody has their own homegrown system that essentially is the next level beyond what we tend to have used currently in production, which is a lane keep system or an adaptive cruise control system. So what Tesla Autopilot did is it kind of put that on steroids and take it to the next level. And now many of the companies have have very similar offerings. Actually, Consumer Reports just did an article that said the GM system is actually more advanced and they recommend it over the Tesla Autopilot system. Autonomy is a, a much more diverse field. It's kind of like saying mobile is just Apple. That's kind of an incorrect way to think about it. Autonomy is not just level four robo-taxis. In mobile, you have WhatsApp and Uber and Instagram, and you have all, you know, all these different phone companies and Android and iOS. The same thing in autonomy. There's a huge diversity, but I think a lot of the attention tends to be on the robo-taxi because that's kind of the most sci-fi-like. Generally speaking, anything that moves will be autonomous. So you know, you're talking about luggage at the airport, 
going from the gate to the plane. You're talking about, you know, if you go to a university campus and how do you move around a large university campus at the Kettering, we're, we're, we have a small footprint, so I'm not sure we need, a, we need an autonomous shuttle just yet. The point being is anything, you know, material within factories that is already semi-automated will continue to become more and more automated. Street cleaners, agriculture combines, construction dirt movers, all of these adjacent industries are going to be impacted by autonomy. I think of applied intuition as sitting somewhere between Silicon Valley and the automotive industry. And the other way that I think about it, when we talked before, is you were explaining to me how automobiles are more like phones now than they are the old mechanical vehicles that we are familiar with for the last 50, 60 years. I know a lot of that, a lot of your work has to do with simulation. Explain to me about your role in this industry, sitting between these two big areas, and what simulation's role is in that. Yeah. So historically, we absolutely sit between Michigan and Silicon Valley. And both Peter and I, my co-founder, is also a Michigan native and grew up in Michigan and actually went to U of M and then moved here just like me and, and has been working in software for many, many years now. We absolutely sit in between that. Vehicles writ large, cars as a the bulk of passenger vehicles as being the very clear dominant part of that vehicle industry are moving to becoming software products. And what that means is there's still obviously going to be hardware involved because there's still physical vehicles that carry physical people and goods. But the value that the consumer ends up getting from the vehicle is moving, shifting more and more to software, which is kind of like the phone, as you mentioned. So if you looked at flip phones in the, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, they're actually primarily hardware devices. And now almost all phones are kind of essentially a slab of glass and, and metal. And, and really the value you're getting is going to be not in the form factor, but in the actual software that, that is on the phone. So the apps and, and how usable it is and how easy it is to use. Vehicles, I think, are moving in the same arc. And the biggest kind of changes within vehicles is this dual change of electrification and autonomy. And within the autonomy bucket, the tools used to build these systems are fairly antiquated. And they're not robust in the way that we as human consumers start thinking about software, let alone software engineers think about modern software development. And so Applied is bringing some of those best practices to the automotive and you know even the subgroup here, autonomy industry, to get these systems to production faster. And I think the larger point being is once you figure out autonomy and you can help build those systems, you can actually help with all types of software systems in a car. I always think it's kind of crazy that your phone has things like face unlock and has all of these fairly advanced analytics and your car is still like a physical key that you use. And whether it's for just ease and usability and accessibility, whether it's the infotainment center, whether it's security, all of those things are heavily influenced by software and they're more software than they are hardware. And that's where we can help. But applied, by the way, fundamentally, we, we actually describe ourselves less as a software company, and even though that's what we do, and more of a, a supplier. Because really our goal is to help our customers, and sometimes there are other suppliers, but also OEMs, get these vehicles to be more software products and specifically in autonomy, getting them to market. And talk to me about the role of simulation in this. Yeah. I know that's very important to applied intuition and to the industry. Exactly. So even so, you just keep going, you know, it's like one of those Russian dolls. You keep deep, deep. So automotive autonomy, within autonomy, you have algorithms that can be developed predominantly in two ways. One is 
And there's a, a bunch of different modules within an autonomy stack. So there's the perception module, which helps the robot kind of understand where it is in the world and, and what it sees and tries to decipher what it sees. I'm grossly simplifying here, but for brevity. The second thing is something like a planning module, which helps the car kind of now it understands what it sees, how do you navigate around it. And then the third is, again, simplifying controls, which is like, okay, now I know what I see, I know what I'm going to what I need to do to navigate the environment. Now I'm going to actually accelerate and brake and turn the steering wheel, et cetera. Simulation can help with all of those modules. So if you're developing the perception module, you can use a simulator for that. If you're developing the planning module, you can use a simulator for that. If you're developing controls and dynamics, you can use a simulator for that. And there are simulation companies that exist. We're, we're not certainly not the first, but where we're focused on specifically is in the autonomy aspect of it, rather than, let's say, ride handling or vehicle dynamics, where there, there's a bunch of companies that do that quite well. So if an engineer doesn't have us, then they have to use physical vehicles. Then obviously... In dynamics, that's more palatable and, and you can kind of understand that you have a test track and you can, you can kind of go in, in different scenarios. In autonomy, you have this proliferation of scenarios. And of course, it's a lot more dangerous to put a half-baked autonomous system on the road than it is to put, uh, you know, as you're calibrating a new chassis or you're calibrating a new suspension model or something. So we have tools that really help with the autonomy, the brains of this autonomous system. And so a simulator is exactly as what you probably envision. It's a program in which the robot thinks it's in the real world, but it's not. It's in a virtual world. So play futurist with me here for all of us who are wondering what tomorrow looks like. I know that some people are thinking that autonomous vehicles or self-driving cars are going to be here next year. And I've read some pieces where it's going to be quite a few years out, eight or 10 years or whatever. But 10 years from now, I understand that we're going to, our car is going to take us to work and then leave us and go pick up our kids and then maybe work as a taxi. Tell me about what the world we look like 10 years from now. Yeah. So forget even 10 years from now, the, the autonomy is here right now in the sense of if you say autonomy is only level four robo taxis, that's not here. But autonomy, you can go and buy a Tesla autopilot. You can go buy a GM, you can buy a Cadillac and it has supercruise. And those are autonomous systems. They're more ADAS than they are AV, but they're certainly autonomous systems. And also Waymo right now, speaking of just the pure, the most shiny version of autonomy, the level four robo taxis is here as well. Physically in Sunnyvale Mountain View, there are driverless shuttles without safety drivers and the same in Arizona. And there's this old adage, which is like the future is here. It's just distributed unequally. And I think that's basically, it's a good point here. So how, how does that reconcile with maybe some of the viewers have seen in red, which says autonomy is 10 or 15 years away. The reconciliation there is for autonomy to be free and ubiquitous globally, you know, in every town and every city and every road, that's a decade plus away. That's 15, 20 years away. Like I said, to me, that's not the correct, probably, framing of the problem. The most fundamental question is, is this still a research problem or is this an engineering problem? And it's actually an engineering problem. We've crossed that line. Waymo has proven over years that they can run shuttles in areas that are like 100 square miles. So we're not talking about a city block. 100 square miles is a significant amount of land where the Waymo vehicle can completely and autonomously drive without interventions, without a safety driver, nobody in the vehicle. And so now the question really is, how do you scale that to more and more geographies? So that's one path. And the other path is the GM Super Cruise version of the world, the Tesla Autopilot version of the world, where how do you scale that into a more full-fledged autonomy system? And so that's the big question right now, is the 
Robotaxi is going to get cheaper before the passenger car programs are going to get more sophisticated. And who's going to get to that apex first, which is cheap and full coverage, both of those things. And I think that is probably 10 years where it's self-driving the way we think about it, where you sit in the in your driveway, you press the button, it goes to Taco Bell and it, and it brings you back because that's kind of the priority I would imagine is to get fast food. <laughs> you know, all this modern technology, like, what, what, you know, what, what do you do? You, you read jokes on your phone, right? So, that's the, so you go to Taco Bell and you back and it's in your car and it's not like something exotic that you only see in Mountain View, California. I think that's 10 years. I mean, there, there's rapid progress happening right now. I mean, just like every single day, there's a new announcement from a global OEM about uh, the next milestone they've reached in the path to full self-driving. It's not there yet, but the path to full self-driving. And I assume Applied Intuition is aspires to keep being the go-to supplier for this whole industry as, as the industry grows. Yeah, absolutely. And we already serve a, a huge portion of the ecosystem. Our goal is to continue to serve more and more. I would say the most sophisticated players in the ecosystem are using us already. There's a lot of students at Kettering and everywhere else. They're an ME, they're an EE, they're in civil engineering, they're whatever. Yep. And if you were to talk to them about the future of this industry, somebody said, you know, that's kind of interesting to me. I'd like to move toward that industry. I think that's interesting. What advice would you give those students? So there'll always be need for mechanical engineers and double E's and civil. Those demands are not going anywhere. But I think where the most amount of wealth creation is happening, where new industries are really focused on is software, uh, whether you like it or not. I think the traditional disciplines, electromechanical world is not solved. There's lots of interesting innovation happening, especially if you look at you know, electrification and with an automotive and battery technology, et cetera. There's a lot of interesting work still to be had. I think for me, software provided a path of like, almost like a very durable future. I think that advice still holds, you know, even true today and will hold for many years. We are still in the early innings of software. Software has made a lot of progress in the last 25 years through the advent of the internet age and, you know, the proliferation of mobile devices in every person's pocket. We're still far away from the true potential of software. So, you know, my recommendation is number one, do what you like and do what interests you. If you know, everything interests you and you have no, you're completely agnostic. Software is not a bad skill set to pick up. Now, the great thing you can do is you can actually learn multiple skills. I think people who have that multiple discipline are always in an advantageous position. So whether they come from the electromechanical world and then they learn software or they come to the software world and they learn business or they come from the business world and they learn design, I think all those things are really positive. So my macro point is I'd go long on software, you know, in the investment analogy, I think there's a lot of value there to still to be created. And so if you're trying to figure out what's a surefire bet, software certainly is as good of a bet as you can get. Within the automotive realm, autonomy, I think, is going to be the big thing for the next 15, 20 plus years in terms of where most of the changes in the industry are, are coming from. Now, if you use Mary Barra, who's the CEO of General Motors, is Kettering alum herself. She said, you know, the auto industry is going to go through more changes in the next few years than it has in the last, you know, hundred. And I think that's true. And you've, you're seeing that. You're seeing so many new technologies emerging. Now, auto business and the trucking business and the associated businesses, defense, et cetera, have been innovating the last hundred years. It's not like that. I'm not in the camp that the companies in these industries have been stagnant. It's just today you're, there's just fundamental changes that are happening. Electrification and autonomy being almost one and two there. Well, Kester, that's fascinating stuff. Last question. What do you drive? Do you have a 
Did you come to work? Of course, nobody's going to work now. Nope, right? Work right now. When you went out to Taco Bell for lunch today, did you drive an AV or what are you driving? So I'll give you a two-part answer. From Kettering until about a year and a half ago, I drove a 2000 Honda Accord, which <laughs> I literally drove into the ground. The control arm rusted off and it literally fell apart in a parking lot. So, you know, dangerous and, <laughs> and probably not recommended. And at, at something like a... 250, 260,000 miles on it when it gave. So then I thought, okay, I have a family, I have kids. I should be probably driving something a bit more safe than like a 20-year-old rusted car. And I have a, a Lexus IS250, a real boring family car. <laughs> I, I basically lived a college life for like, you know, 20 years. And then finally I became an adult and got a responsible vehicle that has like all the modern safety, you know, safety part. And then my wife drives a Volvo station wagon. I mean, it, this is about as cliche and boring as you get. <laughs> well, Castor Yunus, thank you very much for your time. Terrifically interesting stuff. And I uh, hope to talk with you again. Join us again to hear Kettering University's podcast, Horsepower to Hyperloops, available from wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening.